Hello, everybody. My name is... Wait, how do I start this? <laughs> you say a thing. You say a Christmas yeah, thing. Yeah, no, no, I do say that. I do say that. And then you say your Hello, name. everybody. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Listen, you can change the cold open. We can just do like a regular no. cold open if you want. Nope, nope. Welcome back to WKLR Christmas. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mistletoe Secret. I am the broken bulb that ruins the rest of the string lights, Trey Plutnicki. That's such a good one. Whoa, that's a good one. I am the cactus that has been brought in from the desert because we can't have any Christmas trees here in sunny Arizona, Daniel Kunkel. Good stuff. Good stuff. You ever had uh, are Christmas cactuses a thing? I would assume it, I would assume somebody in the world yeah. has used a, a Christmas cactus or like put a Santa hat on a on a uh, what are those things? A cigarro, cigarro cactus? Yeah, 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 the yeah. The big boys? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's that happened. has to have happened yeah. before. Like come on, come on. Anyway, we got some we got some films <laughs> uh, got this week. Some flips. We got um, the first movie is called Naughty or Nice, and the, the second movie is called Hitched for the Holidays, which bears an uncanny resemblance to a movie that we've already watched. That movie, um, Hitched for the Holidays, feels like about 15 other Christmas movies. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Hitch for the Holidays first, just so we can just get it yeah, off our Yeah, let's chest? mix it up. Hitch okay. for the Holidays stars um, Joey Lawrence, TV's own Joey Lawrence, and Emily Hampshire, who is in um, the vastly superior Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Um, and she and him do, again, the thing we saw, exactly the same thing that we saw happen in holiday engagement where they both are tired of their families getting on their getting on their duties about their you know not having anyone for the holiday season mm-hmm. so they put out an ad on angie's list not uh craigslist I, which strange nice. change yeah um they put out an ad they eventually find each other some um I don't know how else to describe it besides religious sketch comedy ensues yeah, so it's like a, um, this is also, I think, which, Daniel, if this is true, if the statement I'm a- about to make is true, good God, because this is the first instance where Judaism makes an appearance in a Hallmark film that we've watched. Where, yeah, where major elements, uh, n- besides just someone being Jewish, like major elements yeah. of the Jewish faith specifically around the winter holiday seasons, has played a plot point. Uh-huh. Like seeing the Star of David. Seeing a menorah. This is like this is the first time singing, I think I've singing in Hebrew. Yeah, yeah. Seeing a dreidel. It's 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 kind of bizarre to me uh that this might be the first time. I cause I because I, I okay. I like to say that I have a decent memory. A de- well I like to say I have a. I can't remember how I, good my memory is, but <laughs> yeah, I like to say that my my longish, uh, what's big picture memory is pretty good. Okay, my short term memory and my detail oriented memory, uh, dog water. Okay, so I I I think I have a good, 
grasp that we have not seen anything uh, Judaism related so far. I would agree with that statement. Um, so yeah, yeah, that level of diversity, great. Um, so yeah, uh, Emily Hampshire plays Julie Green. Uh, she is Jewish. Her family is Jewish. And then Joey Lawrence plays Rob Marino, the most New York man to ever exist. Not to be confused with Rob Mariano, five-time Survivor player and Survivor winner. That's funny, isn't that? Survivor icon, yes. It, it's interesting. So interesting. I see, Yeah, I saw that. He, he played in, uh, not that you care, but he played in season four, Survivor Marque- Marquesas. He played in season eight, <laughs> uh, Survivor All-Stars. Yeah. He played again in Survivor Heroes versus Villains. I know about that season. Season, season 20. I know about that he one. He played yeah. again in season 22, Survivor Redemption Island. And then he played for his fifth and final time in Survivor Winners at War. Uh, he was also a guest... <laughs> Well, it was he was a guest mentor on Survivor 39 Island of the Idols where he had a wooden uh bust of his head made that was like 30 feet tall Whoa. in his honor. Yeah. Uh I this is a <laughs> we can make this a Survivor podcast at a drop of a hat and I would be more than happy. <laughs> I think I'd be the maybe the worst co-host for that show. As someone who is aware of Survivor and yet a, yeah. and aware of like certain rules, but I think also very unaware of other very important factors in Survivor. Right. I think I'd be awful at it. Right. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't you wouldn't be my first choice. That's you fair. might be my you might be my third choice. I think if it was a podcast about <laughs> you explaining Survivor to me, that'd yeah. be pretty funny. I mean, hey, I, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, Annika's volunteering to co-host that podcast with you. Oh, does Annika watch Survivor? Annika devours Survivor. Oh, seriously, yeah, Annika. For real. Wait, hold on. Can I? Can you put Annika on the horn? Yeah, let me get Annika. Hey, Annika. <laughs> I want to talk about Robbo. Rob Mariano. Rob Mariano. Yeah, not Rob Marino. Rob Mariano. Yeah, screw this movie. But I, here's it. Relay <laughs> we, this message. I love how you were like, I need to be done in 90 minutes. We yeah. are now on a three-minute <laughs> tangent here, about Survivor. Here we are. So, so my my question for you, Annika, is uh, where does is Rob Mariano the considered one of the best players of all time, or is that a a fallacy? Okay, so it's I'm okay. I think this is a little complicated because Rob has previously been one of the best Survivor players of all time. Mm-hmm. However, people like to talk about old school and new school Survivor, but I really think there's about three phases of Survivor. Okay, there's the very beginning, the middle, and then what we're currently on. And I think Rob was very good at the beginning and the middle phase, but I think either a combination of him not really having played as much in the third phase or the fact that he's such survivor celebrity that he never gets a chance to really play now, people just vote him out, makes him not able to get to the end of the game anymore. And I don't know if that's because he's not as good of a player or because he's too much of survivor legend to play anymore. That's, that, is a, that is a take I honestly have not heard about Rob Mariano. Because I, because personally speaking, like yeah, like his his game in All Stars, Daniel. I hope you don't mind. Uh, his game in his game in All Stars is remarkable. But my grade, my grading for like how good someone is at Survivor is like 
it's it's adaptability. So if he understands where he is on the totem pole, he needs to like like if he understands how big of an icon he is, which he does. He's his ego is giant. If he if he gets that he is that, he's going to walk into this game and be like like a god. He needs to dampen that instead of instead of rise to that occasion. You know what I'm saying? Like I I personally, if you if it takes you four times to win this stupid game, <laughs> I don't think you're the best survivor player or one of the best. Yeah, I think also his game in Heroes versus Villains when he did win was really good. <laughs> or or uh, Redemption Island. You said Redemption Island. Redemption yeah. Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, no, I, I thought. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. The only, yeah, my, my only issue with that is like also he was with g- complete newbies. I mean, he's dominant, but like, dude was playing. He, he might as well have been playing with uh, dolls <laughs> on that season. Yeah. But I digress. So that's that. This is the Rob Mariano hour. We're just going to talk about the history of Rob Mariano, and maybe we'll get to uh, Amber Bursch at the end of the hour. Yeah, although we all understand poverty is really where it's at. Yes, part, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I could totally get behind that, and I think she dominates every facet, like every every iteration of the game she's played. I think she has been dominant. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> thank you annika can you say thank you <laughs> yeah trey said thank you i did not say thank you just trey did <laughs> so robo yeah robo Rob let's talk about Rob. anyway um yeah robo um he is a he's a free agent and i actually really liked the the details with rob's character so rob mm-hmm. We're constantly told about how he can't choose between things. So like when he and Julie go for coffee, he orders a uh, like a mint tea and also orders like a mocha latte, like like decaf, but with an extra shot of espresso. And he he drinks both of them because he doesn't like Mm -hmm. to have to choose between things. And we see how, you know, he Rob and Julie, they start dating, quote unquote, to trick their families because Rob's grandmother is dying. She will she will die by the new years. We're told mm-hmm. um, they start dating and she's like, I want to meet the woman you're going to marry before I die. So he lies to his grandmother who's dying. Um, and then the grandmother gets better. Miraculously, she gets better. So they keep dating and then they start to develop these like real feelings for each other. Um, and they both get like Rob gets more decisive, right? So Rob it gets better about deciding on things. And Julie is a theater critic in New York. It's in New York. Julie mm-hmm. is a theater critic and she only writes happy reviews because she's trying to think about the performers and like the, the, you know, the production team. She's trying to think about everyone involved in the show, their feelings. But then when she starts dating Rob, she's finally able to be like, I hate this play. This play's bad. You shouldn't see it. Interesting message to send there. I feel. I feel like none of this is as interesting as talking about Survivor. I feel like I'm flailing a little bit. You're you're leaning back in your chair. You're listening. You're being a, a good listener. I don't know if you're being an active listener though. Uh, I'm just like I can tell no, you're no joke when you said that. I was like, I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe Parvati is the most dominant player in Survivor history. Uh, that's, that's what I, I, I was thinking, you were about. thinking about. Survivor. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Robo Robo agrees to take a job at this advertising firm before he's just been like a free agent, and so he finally agrees to settle down. And then 
as we said, there was there's religious sketch comedy where it's the first night of Hanukkah and Robbo goes over to Julie's house and he just pretends to be Jewish and pretends he knows how to light the menorah and like pretends he knows Hebrew and knows the prayer that you sing while lighting the candles. And he doesn't. And it's no weird. Yeah, it's weird. I, yeah, it. I will say parts of this movie feel appropriate, but like, but I I mean, it's never in poor. I don't think it's ever in poor taste. No, they're all affluent, rich white people in New York. Right. (laughs) So we, and then, yeah. And then long story short, um, they, they end up trying to date for real. They break up. Rob finally is like, I want to take this job. And his boss is like, you can't have it. I offered it to someone else because you said no initially. Rob uh, steals a police horse to track down Julie uh, because his grandmother gets better. Um, and then they kiss. And that's it. Um, there is a they, mistletoe kiss in this movie. There is a mistletoe kiss. And I was, sucks. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awkward. It's one of those where the entire family watches them kiss. And I feel like the I feel like the movie makers are in on the weirdness of yeah. The well, they kiss a kiss. they kiss a lot in this movie, right? They they like, smooch I, a fair I, amount. I was surprised at the the frequency of the smooching because usually in these movies it's a sm- it's they we are we are edged <laughs> until <laughs> until the end of the movie where they finally smooch. But they they just go for it, like kiss in the back of the taxi. We get the just drive trope. I love. Uh, I really liked when they were like starting to date. I thought that was very genuine. No, um, I I think there are genuine mo- I, like I there are genuine moments in this movie. But here's the big thing about <laughs> there's like three about this big movie. In this movie, here's like. here's the here's the huge thing. Yeah, it is it 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 almost is by the numbers the same film. As holiday engagement, yes, and uh, it it like so. Let's let, let's let's talk through like the basics of these characters and the basics of the story. I feel so like I, I just pro- did that, <laughs> so I can prove this. Okay, okay, okay. Woman, yeah. Man, yes. Man, oh, we're going like fundamental level here. <laughs> yeah, <Okay. laughs> we're going caveman. Okay, we're going. We're we're. We're Paleozoic. Yeah. Woman, man. Man, freelance. In holiday engagement, man is phone. Man is man is a freelance is agent phone. of a sort. Freelance actor of, of sorts. He works freelance. Yeah. Uh, family forces their first kiss. Yeah. They drift apart after woman decides it may be time to get together with the person that their, her actual family wants her to be with. That doesn't exactly happen this time. That one's it a doesn't little... quite It doesn't quite happen, but it's more so like, ah, oh, you should, uh, why, wait, what are you saying? You're not getting back with what's-his-face or something like that. It, it happens in it's that definitely, sort of um, It's definitely uh, a family over uh, the heart moment. Yeah. Because uh, um, the grandma collapses at a party that the Christian family shows for the jewish family because Robbo is like i'm converting to judaism and the family's like okay we're gonna go all yeah all in all in 
and they got go qu- all in. And then, <laughs> they the, got yeah, the grandma collapses. <laughs> it's really bad. The grandma collapses. Yeah. They're at the hospital. And then Rob and Julie, they they reveal the lie a lot earlier in this one, I feel. um Yeah, they reveal it at the beginning of the third act, yeah. it feels like. If it will be, that's because that's their act, like end of act two crisis. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah, is, is them sitting on that couch explaining that this whole thing has been a ruse right after the grandma just kind of <laughs> just collapsed, collapsed in front of them. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I, like that was, that was the, the shift. And then of course they, and then, and then to the parallels with uh, holiday engagement, they get back together. Yes. Um, and they, you know, they reconcile. Um, I liked this one. I don't know if I like this one more than Holiday Engagement. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I can't decide though. Um, I liked Holiday Engagement more. I think the humor in Holiday Engagement was stronger. I think the emotional beats yeah. in this one were stronger. Yes. Can we, um, can we meet down that bridge? Yeah, we could. Let's meet in the middle. Let's uh, yeah. If there's anything that we do on this podcast, it's that we meet in the middle. Can I? I'm trying to think of a survivor. Can I? Can I pass you the? Can we? Can we share an immunity token with that one? Does that work? Does that work? It's as so, a reference? It's so. It's so obvious that you do not have no clue what you're talking. No, about. I have no idea what I'm talking. <laughs> By the way, Annika is texting me right now. Oh, of course she is. <laughs> it's like, who are you texting? <laughs> This director, though, this director is one of our favorites, a friend of the show, Michael M. Scott, who did the both of the Mrs. Miracle movies. He did Trading Christmas. Yes. And he oh, did, he did Trading Christmas. Yeah. And he did It's well, Christmas Carol. This is he did It's Christmas Carol. We just watched that. Mm-hmm. He did two movies this year. Yeah. And man, he, that yeah, man, yeah, he's cr- been he and he's Prolific. still he's still making movies for Hallmark. He's still doing like one every few years for them. That so makes, this guy's going to stick around for a while. That tracks. Yeah. And those are some uh those are some bangers I will say he's made. Yeah, undoubtedly. So in terms of connections, uh, can I talk about um, two weird things first in this Yeah, movie? let's get that. Let's uh, let's do two weird things. There's two weird things in this movie. Okay. The mom has visions. Robbo's <laughs> yeah. mom has visions. Okay. Yeah. Both of the weird things are about Robbo's mom. My maybe my least favorite Hallmark character now. Okay. Um, oh my god! Really? Why? I mean, we watched we watched a whole movie of Kevin Sorbo. We well, Kevin Sorbo is my least favorite actor. I think the actress does a good <laughs> job. I don't like the yeah. character. The character. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. Um, the mom. We we are revealed. Robbo reveals to us that his mom. When he was a kid, the last time was when he was 14, but it's been like his whole childhood up to that point. His mom would just disappear. And I thought, as I, yes. as I suspect you did, that this was going to be, whoa, like a big magical deal. Maybe she was Mrs. Claus, maybe something right. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we find out that the reason she went away is because uh, she was just very stressed about being a mother. Because um, Robbo's got a sister who does not matter to the plot. Um, no. And she was just very stressed about being a mother. And so she needed to have some mom time. But instead of telling her children that. Yeah. Because Robbo asks her, like, in beginning of Act 3. In the, where it was did in you the hospital. Go? Yeah, in the hospital. Yeah. It's like, where did you go? And I expected it to be like, I, w- I went to the clubs, baby. And it was just, I would go for a walk or I'd go to the mall or I'd go see a movie. And it was like, why didn't you just tell your children that? 
that you're just chilling, that you were just hanging, you needed some alone time. I remember plenty of times growing up when either of my parents would just be like, oh, they're just taking mom time, they're taking dad time, they're going to go see a movie. Mm -hmm. It's a grown-up movie. Right. And even if you don't want to tell the truth, just tell a better lie. Right. Just be like, oh, her friend fell down some stairs and she might need some help. (laughs) Anything is better than, than the lifetime of trauma that she has imparted onto Robbo. Because right. Robbo, in a really good scene, Julia's like, Robbo. She doesn't call him Robbo. Only his family calls him Robbo. But she's like, Robbo, I think you I think you think every woman's going to leave you like your mother left when you were a small child and, and really Which, developing like, a mental state. <laughs> yeah. She's right. That is how he feels. Yeah. And that probably has something to do with his commitment. Yeah. Just because his mom couldn't say, I'm going to go see Deadpool by myself now. It's a kid's, it's a grown-up movie, and, and you're a kid, and you can't come see it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Such an easily avoided lifetime of trauma that she imparted on my sweet Robbo. <laughs> my sweet Robbo. Yeah. Is there another weird thing? You got, you got another one? It was the one? visions and the disappearances. It was which the it, visions it, and the disappearances. It's just her. Talk about, like, walking through Chekhov's, like gun room and being like oh she has visions she disappeared for a while usually around the holidays right like here we go here, here we, we go. go and then it was like and no she's just kind of a bad mom yeah and it's like dad's a bad dad for not coming <laughs> up with a bullshit reason why his wife disappeared it's like someone's someone saying yeah my mom left to go get cigarettes and never came back except she actually left to go get cigarettes yeah she totally left to get <laughs> cigarettes and then she did come back it was just a few hours later because right. the subway was running a little slow yeah ridiculous <sighs> mm-hmm. main because i wanted it to be something i was like oh this dude did mrs miracle is this a mrs miracle there's no story there's nothing there's nothing in this there uh, sincerely there is no like i was trying to think of a connection while watching it and i was like i don't think there is a i the only connection i have is that how similar this movie is to holiday engagement yeah what's interesting is that they say the guy who did this did also did trading christmas Mm -hmm. which is part of the long-standing battle between trading christmas and holiday engagement a war that will be waged for centuries to come (laughs) I, I Our think, descendants will fight yeah, this battle. I, I, my, my, my kin will, will fight. I will raise will my child solely to fight this war with yeah. your child. <laughs> so, but there's Sorry, there's none of that. I, yeah, I don't think there are any... Like, I couldn't think of any connections. So if you have anything, um, I'm all ears. So both of these movies that we watched were about advertising firms. I felt like that was something. Um... We'll talk about the we'll talk about the other flick, but I feel like there's um, there's something there. There might be something between them. Well, because they, and we'll talk about um, naughty or nice in just a moment here. But that mm-hmm. one is all about the internal politics of this advertising firm. Right. That's like one of the three major plot lines besides the romantic one. Um. So I'm wondering if uh, Bradshaw Advertising, which is in this one, is the competitor that is mentioned in um, Naughty or Nice. Okay. Because we do we get a name in Naughty or Nice? I don't remember a name. Firm? I clicked through a little bit and I don't Damn. I write. To, I wrote down Purcell. They say the name of the protagonist's advertising firm, but I do not believe they say the name of the rival's advertising hmm. firm. Okay. Okay. 
I can okay. Because otherwise, I think we're just going to fall into our usual rabbit hole of trying to connect people in New York with other people in New York. Yeah, in Bloomberg's. Well, in... like, well, hold on, <laughs> wait a second. Uh, Mayor, I'm typing with one hand. I'm going super handheld with this one, by the way. Mayor of you feel so NY. much more natural. See? You feel so much 20. more like. Ooh, I feel like a little smooth. laid back. Yeah, Mike Bloomberg. It's still Bloomberg, New York. Still Bloomberg. That's yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, Bloomberg's New York added again. Man, where you New hop York in a taxi, can't catch a break with hop these in a mayors. taxi and say just drive. That's Bloomberg's New York. I and they know and they know where you're going. That is Mike. I would have Bloomberg's killed for the one for the one authentic <laughs> moment in this movie where he's like just drive. And the taxi driver turns around and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, where do you want to go? We're give going me, uptown, we're going a, downtown, where are we going? <laughs> Just give me a general direction. Just tell me, like, do you, do you want a restaurant? <laughs> what kind of restaurant? You, I'll just take you yeah. to a random restaurant, but you can't just say just drive. It's New York City. There's a thousand places to go, a million Dude, people I got, to see. I got kids <laughs> I got to feed, man. It's Christmas Eve. It's the third night of Hanukkah. Come on. Yeah, seriously. We got well, Kwanzaa this all- representation in this movie. I forgot. Yeah, well, I mean, barely. Because instead of buying a, a menorah, they buy Kwanzaa. They buy they buy, buy six, uh, the, yeah, whatever the Kwanzaa holders are called. Number two. Number two. Can I give you some bad news first, though? Okay. Yeah, go for it. Um, I got some bad, bad news for you. Michelle Vickery is stepping down as Hallmark's executive vice president of programming. For how long? How long Forever. did she do it for? Oh, she did it. She did it since I believe 2019, 2009. She was like one of the main architects of Countdown for Christmas. Okay. So, uh, I think, we're, I mean, this yeah, is, we're this is like, shake up. this is like Kevin Feige stepping down. A- exactly. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me just double check here, but that's, that's, um, that's bad news, Daniel. Yeah, she. I mean, she was like one of the architects. She helped launch the very first countdown to Christmas. That's yeah. I mean, well, so we'll have to keep a close eye on 2021. Yeah, it's gonna be once bad. once we get there. The change of tone. I think. Well, and, and like I read the reading the actual like deadline article, they talk about how it's part of a push to really start diversifying the network and the movies. And I'm like, oh, that's not gotcha. A, that's not a well, bad reason to do that. This is not a bad thing at all. <laughs> I mean, like we've been talking privately. Like we try to keep that talk off of the show. Just to make sure that we, <laughs> I don't know, that we yeah. stay on topic and stuff. Yeah. But it's just really disappointing that Daniel and I have sat through 25 movies, 27. Oh, we got to be in the 30s by now. All right. So 24 movies in 2010 and 2011. 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. So this is our 32nd movie. Okay. We've sat through 32 movies and we, uh, we have had zero romantic interests of color yeah um which is like uh come on like it's it's 2012 like like (laughs) i don't know like Uh, i i I, like it's it's just very frustrating but we try to keep that off and when it comes up we'll we'll cheer and rejoice and we'll we'll love our lives yeah but for now we we lament um and for now we cry we and we and we shit on these movies. <laughs> uh, so anyway, 
let's move on to Naughty or Nice, yeah, baby. which is wild. Um, allow me, yes, Daniel. Yes, please, please. There is a woman named Chrissy Kringle. She works for an ad firm, right? Yeah. She gets fired from this ad firm. She is pretty sad about it. She goes home to her house, which is Candy Cane on Candy Cane Lane. She hates that her name is Chrissy Kringle. Oh my God, does she hate that her name is Chrissy Kringle. Everybody it makes Chrissy Kringle jokes at her. She hates it every single time. She always has a sassy remark to come back. Like, oh, I haven't heard that one before. And uh, I'll tell you what. I, it got old. Yeah. <laughs> they, they for really, for the first 45 minutes of the movie, was just Chrissy Kringle jokes. Yes. Anyway, so she lives on Candy Cane Lane. Her name is Chrissy Kringle. She accidentally gets m- mail uh, from <laughs> that was intended for Santa. Yes. She gets, she gets a package that has the naughty or nice list. The real it. it's one. It's like a... It's like a book. It's like an album. It's yeah. like it's like a scrapbook of sorts. It's magic, though. And she finds out that it is magic when she says her own name as she's calling a plumber. And she calls... The, she has, so she's calling this plumber, mm-hmm. and she says, my name is Chrissy Kringle. And then the book magically opens up, and it tells her that she has been naughty because she, <laughs> she opened other people's mail or stuff. That was funny. I was like... I was like... Santa is like... <laughs> the Santa's like committed felony, naughty. <laughs> the naughty <laughs> or nice list had great comedic timing in this. Yeah, in this particular very good flick. Very good comedic timing. It also, um, well, we'll get to that. So, like, uh, she like she goes on this like Chrissy Kringle, uh, uh, like she's upset at Chrissy Kringle, and at the very beginning of the movie, she runs into someone and and their kid and. The mom says to the kid, do you want to be on Santa's naughty list? And then Chrissy Kringle's like, that shit actually works, except she doesn't say that. <laughs> but, but that's the energy. She was like, that shit works. And then the kid is like, what? And then the mom of the kid is like, just, just cuddle along, kiddo. Let me have a chat with her. And that was like the introduction to it. And this mom gets on gets on my girl Christy, and she's like, oh, you don't have a kid? Your life can't be difficult. Yeah, I yeah, hate that, that crap. I, I, I hate those kind of people. I, I despise Anyway, so she has this power, and I text the second I understood what this movie was going to be about. I texted Daniel and I said, "Is is this the death note of the HCU?" Which is exactly what I said. I, literally, exactly, and and like I, it's easy to make that connection. So essentially, how the book works, which Daniel, there's sometimes where I was like, "God damn it, this is actually a really good idea," except they mm-hmm. fall, kind of fall apart yeah. in execution. And how the book works is you say someone's name to the book, or not even necessarily to the book, just you say someone's name. And <laughs> it's like Alexa, it's always listening. Yeah, yeah, it's always listening. The book opens up to the same page, but a but different writing is is present on the page. Yeah. So for example, as she's discovering the power of this book, she's calling this plumber, and the plumber is naughty because he is lying to uh, Chrissy and is like, yeah, I can't come in today. Uh, my, my truck broke down. And then 
the book has a live video feed of this plumber sitting back and drinking coffee in his recliner at home. And then Chrissy's like, uh, I literally see you. And the plumber's like, uh, okay, I'll do, I'll do anything you want. And then Chrissy's like, and, and <laughs> Chrissy's like, and I won't have to pay for it. Right. And then he's like, yeah, you won't, you won't, you won't, you don't got to pay for it. Uh, that, yeah, the movie, <laughs> the, the movie just goes on like that and it's sketch comedy. So she gets fired. Uh, she has like, it's, it's weird. She has like this like romantic falling out with her boyfriend, but they're together most of the movie. But then the, the, the act two crisis is like, she says his name to the death note. <laughs> well, to, to the naughty or nice nope, book. It's the death note. It's it, yeah. death note. <laughs> she says Big Kringle's name. always watching. And she finds out that he is, is like a cheater or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, but that turns out to be a misunderstanding and then they kiss and make up at the end of the movie. She also gets a job as an elf. Yes. Um, and she meets the she meets this guy who's like an elf friend who I love this man. Uh, I he's forget what his rad. name is. No, he's a he's great. And uh, just a sketch comedy ensues. There's a okay. There's so there's a moment in this where uh, th- that's basically the movie. Like it's yeah. her saying the name. She spills coffee on the book. The book stops working. Santa comes in and is just like, I need my book back. <laughs> Yeah, and and then uh, Marco they, Marco is the um, elf's name. Gotcha, Marco. And then uh, uh, Chris, Chrissy and her boyfriend uh, get together, propose. Uh, she learns the true meaning of Christmas without the naughty or nice book, and doesn't need to know if people are naughty in order to be nice to them. That's the thesis of the movie. That's Here's the, the movie. weird thing. Yeah. Ready for the weird thing? I'm ready for. Um, I yeah. My favorite part of this movie was, and this shouldn't come to a surprise to you, Daniel, is the is the house lighting competition. Yes. I always bring it up. I always bring there's always gotta be a house lighting competition. Okay. And every in every movie. And it, it did attract Santa. Santa came. Santa well, totally I mean, came. He absolutely was was there. Anyway, so this is like a HOA sort of thing, like a homeowners association thing. Her her neighbor is like is like <laughs> just mean for no reason, uh, and it like has since the beginning of the movie. Everyone has given is Chrissy vicious, a little to mean, Christy. a little mean. This woman yeah. gets like practically like spat on by everyone she walks past after she's just been fired her neighbors like shoot yeah. daggers at her it's it's like no wonder she's a scrooge you know i think she like, is she, a justified scrooge yeah 100%. no she, uh, 110 110 man anyway so they have a house lighting competition and chrissy is like Chrissy finally is getting into the spirit of things. She's like, she she's had this like gift wrapping job for a while. Yeah. She's like, she's like getting into the, the mood and stuff. She decorates her house. She thinks she did a good job. I think she did a good job. Mm-hmm. But then she says her neighbor's name in the death note. And they and we find out that she's been skimming decorations from the ha- from the neighborhood. She's been stealing them from other stealing, people's stealing homes. Stealing, stealing, just from the lawns. Anyway, this isn't the weird thing. This the weird thing is they get to the voting. <laughs> so there's this voting scene where it's like the ca- everybody in the neighborhood is getting is gathering around, and 
Daniel, you're gonna have to remind me. Okay, uh, I'm looking at my notes. I'll, right now. I'll get to the part where you need to remind me, Great. but I could. I'll, I'll take the rest Please. from here. Everyone submits their votes. Okay. Yeah. Second runner up, the for for who has the best house, is uh, this one couple, and the prize is a sixty-piece Tupperware contain yeah. uh, uh, like set. Oh yeah, baby. Um, Too much Tupperware. Which uh, that's that's a lot, and honestly, I would like that. I think that'd be pr- that's pretty good. Sixty piece, like that's that, that's not a bad gift. First runner up, the prize is like a year's worth cheese subscription. Yeah, it's some sort of cheese subscription service. Which cool, whatever. I, like I don't know. I'd want the Tupperware. Daniel, do you remember what the first place prize is? No. I don't either. All right, let me look it up here. I think it's cash. Is it Chrissy or Chris? It's Chrissy. Yeah, I've been saying Chrissy. Oh, I thought it was Christy. All right, here we go. They don't say what the prize is. They don't say what the prize is? No, they totally don't. Wait. Okay. Because I thought I I missed it. No, they They do not say. say. She's just like, I got first place with eight votes. (laughs) Ha ha. Yeah, and there was a shocking few amount of votes. I will also yeah, say like that fifteen total votes. Yeah, twenty votes maybe. Daniel. Yeah. If you were to have a a uh, like a HOA house lighting competition, what would be your third, second, and first place prizes? I think the Tupperware. And it can't. And, and hey, let me let me set a rule. It cannot be cash. No cash. Okay. Well, I think the Tupperware and the cheese subscription is really good. Okay. I think first place prize, it's an HOA. It's a pretty small neighborhood. Yeah, it's Only like Only really max- white people live there. Mm-hmm. Probably like 30 households yeah. are, are a part of this. Um, I think it's going to be a free, uh, a free round of golf and a meal at the local country club. Is that your third place prize? No, that's first place prize. That's your first place prize? Daniel, I don't want to live in your neighborhood. It's, I didn't say it was a good neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a boring a, white person that's sh- neighborhood. That's a shitty prize, man. All right. A okay, round let of me, golf? Let me, hold on. Shut up. Okay. That's number three. <laughs> no, second place prize is um, a... It can, can it be gift cards? No. God bless it. Um, second place prize is a... I, I like the subscription, but I think it's going to be a subscription to a... Um, there are these like flower, you get like a flower of the month club things, and you get okay. a, you get a free year long subscription to that. You get a different uh, bushel of flowers every month or so. Okay. And then first place prize is a uh, you oh you get um two fourth row orchestra tickets mm-hmm. to uh, Ed Sheeran who's coming through next march <laughs> the, they really everybody really <laughs> really wow. scraped and you and really pulled you together really, the cash for that <laughs> you i i like how i think i've I, nailed white suburban culture my my headcanon for that prize is ed sheeran you paid ed sheeran to come in gave him the space and uh the only the only uh seats 
in the entire house are those four. Oh, a seats. private? No, I don't think it's. A, I don't think they have enough money for a private concert. <laughs> no, I thought no, about no. the private concert. Maybe <laughs> it's a, maybe it's a private concert, but it's not Ed Sheeran. It's like Passenger or somebody. Okay. Or um, who did the uh, the who did Gone Gone Gone? Who wrote that song? Oh, I have no. Philip idea. Phillips. It's a private concert with it's Philip a, Phillips. That's Philip. Who it is. A That's private it. Philip Phillips we concert. Yeah. By the way, there's nothing that sounds worse than a private concert. No. I like it, it, right. Oh my god. Uh, do you agree with me yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because here, it, my thing is like, if I'm like, if I if somebody paid me to perform. Okay. So when I was a freshman in college. I did a a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical review <laughs> called A Grand Night for Singing, okay? <laughs> yeah. Now, people now uh, old people in Ohio love Rodgers and Hammerstein. They can't get enough of it. They love the, they love those songs, they love the the hummable tunes what have you. This the show was a, a hit-ish in the community. The next year after we had it closed the show, I get an email from the director saying, hey, we're going to get the, the gang back together and we're going to do a private Grand Night for Singing concert in, in this home and I will pay you $100. So I was like, all right, I'm <laughs> sure. All right, like I, don't have, I barely have to do any work. So we go to this like white sub, like this white suburbia in ohio and it is the four of us singing grand uh, rogers and hammerstein for six people in their living room oh no it was terrible daniel daniel it was terrible i can't imagine anything that's anything so worse bad. yeah that's not it was people. it was really bad that's not it was enough su- people yeah it was super awkward obviously like there's a piano in the living room, but it's it's also like like I, like I'm loud. Like like it's yeah. a living room. I'm 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 four feet away. Like if you couldn't tell, I I yell. I'm right. Like, I'm writing other things about it. Like yeah, like no, is it, yeah. And it's it Rodgers and Hammerstein. Not exactly the most uh, subtle or quietest composer. To no, no, no. It's brassy. Um. Uh. So anyway. Um. There's another moment that was really interesting where Santa basically is like, I helped invent electricity because I made sure Thomas Edison had <laughs> the right materials yeah. for his. Yeah, ele- I made sure his kit. science set had everything he needed. Yeah, that's what he so said. So now we got to start questioning oh my God, did Santa help invent everything? Is Santa part of the capitalist system we thought he was trying to tear down? Well, let's think did Santa help Henry Ford? I think the fact that he helped Tesla. That's what I'm saying. I think the fact that he helped Thomas Edison and not Nikola Tesla proves that he's a capitalist pig dog. (laughs) Yeah. Because if he was really trying to help the people, he would have helped Nikola Tesla out. And also be like, and then I ran over Thomas Edison before he could kill that elephant. I don't know what to make of that. That was a little bonkers. Maybe this is like a moment. This feels kind of like a rogue Santa almost. Well, also, it was it's it's interesting that you say that because I was getting kind of the same vibe, where like, how can you be so reckless with a property as important as the naughty and nice list? See, I think that's not the full naughty and nice list. How, Daniel? How could it not be? Because I think I think because you could say you could say any name in the world and, and it'll come up. But she didn't. She only said people who were around her specific area. I think the Santas. 
who this whole time we thought have been, because re- they've, I mean, we know there are multiple Santas. This is not up for debate. I think every Santa is responsible for a different region. Well, I mean, we've talked about this, that there are multiple workshops. There are multiple workshops. We know this. So, so do you think it's it's for that region? I think that's like that's that, the like, San, the dedicated Santa for that. Yeah, I think area? you just do like the diff- like each Santa is in charge of a time zone, which makes sense if he's coming from the North Pole. All you got to do is set off the right way and just go straight down till you reach Antarctica. Did you just off the rim that explanation? A little bit, yeah. That's such a fucking good explanation. I think that makes the most sense. And then, they yeah, she's got is, he's she's got is, the naughty or nice list for everyone who lives in like. That is the best explanation I have ever. I I think I I. <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed. Why that makes so much sense? And I think certain regions probably have like multiple santas i think we can safely say like east coast of the united states has a couple of santas well i, I mean bet... the time sorry the time zone that covers india yeah. and and western china that is one's like... gotta have like at least <laughs> like, a dozen at least, santas each. at least a down a dozen santas to cover but that. that's, that's why we so see many so many santas in like the east coast and new york right and it's it's because they you know, they're like you know oh i cover like Pittsburgh to New York. That's my yeah. area. Damn. Because we know Santa can teleport and we know he can move at super speed. But I, I think you're still just going to run into, unless you can, unless the Santa can stop time. Yeah, I don't <sighs> think we've gotten, I, I, I don't think we can viably say that Santa That's has true. the power to stop, but I think stop this time is, for a night. I think the Santas know. I think Father Christmas is undoubtedly the only dude with enough mojo to make the brother eye like like the, <laughs> the CIA's wet dream, basically, of right. a surveillance system. Right. He's the only one who can make it. I think he's also the only one wise enough to know I can't let one person have access to the whole naughty or nice list. Yeah, like like as a security measure. Yeah, he's, like the way the way that they uh, like like how there's seven uh, SUVs and only one has the president in it. Yeah, like how they break up the Dragon Balls and you and, right. and so I think we're gonna get a movie where they someone reassembles the naughty or nice list and they have like the powers <laughs> of Father Christmas. <laughs> that would be, that's so crazy. Oh my god. Connections. I think the fact that these movies come back to back. I think we can clearly agree that these are about two rival advertising firms because uh, okay. Chrissy gets fired from her advertising firm and then through some straight up just insider trading um, gets her old co-worker fired because her old co-worker was working for the rival company who we know after having seen our other film is uh, Bradshaw advertising. Okay. And then I think okay. it's interesting. I think it's interesting the kind of parallels we get, where a mother who has visions of people's futures, and then another one we have a Kringle, who can we agree that this Kringles they used to be Santa Clauses? Like historically, they were Santa Clauses, but then at one point, one of them just didn't go back to the North Pole after being sent out on their mission. Well, here's here's what I find interesting about that. I find. Uh, there's a moment at the beginning of the movie where her mom is like, so she's like, yeah, things are going okay. And then there's a moment of silence. And then Chrissy Kringle's mother is like, you lost your job, didn't you? 
Daniel. I can't believe we didn't talk about this. Yes, keep going. Daniel. Yeah. Chrissy Kringle is not a Santa. Okay. But but a daughter of a retired Santa. Mm, okay. She is a descendant of of a a line of Santa. And I think it's yeah. interesting that the first thought she has is I can't let my mother get this naughty or nice list. Do Kringles, if this if the Kringles don't go back to the North Pole to become Santa Clauses, do you get your memory wiped? Shit. <laughs> uh and maybe Chrissy like no. subconsciously knows well, she says my mother can't get this. It's not just that her mother would be able to spy on her. It's that it would rekindle those memories of her being from the North Pole that she's that she's repressed or have been erased from her mind. Is that too deep for you on a on a I'm just trying to I like you've had a long I'm, week. I'm, just try, okay I'm trying to follow difficult. you. I've tried to follow you, but you're like twenty paces ahead and I'm like and I and I'm, what I'm walking saying, backwards. We agree that at the very least, her parents are retired Santas. Uh, but more than likely, it's further up the bloodline a little bit. Probably, yeah. So are people, if you don't go back to being a Santa Claus, a la our... our um, Annie Claus is coming Annie to Claus town? Annie Claus is coming to town, a la that. Yeah. If they don't go back, do you get your memory wiped? I feel like you should. I th- that feels like a I safety feel like, I feel like that, that, is a, that is a security yeah. issue. So what I'm saying then, we've got that ground base. I think Chrissy knows on a, on a subconscious level her, you, you know, because we've got, we've got an animal and like a reptile, like a mammal and a reptile brain, right? She's got yeah. a third brain that is the Kringle brain, the Christmas brain. <laughs> And she okay. knows that if her mother sees this, she's going to remember all of her times at the North Pole. Interesting. Okay, I can get behind I'm this. Ju- it's just one line. I don't think we're it tracking. matters. I think we're, yeah. I think we're definitely on the same page about our connections to the larger HCU here. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, really yeah. interested in that one line. Yeah, definitely. And listen, we've made a lot bigger deal out of a lot less. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the next two movies that we're watching um, our next two flicks uh which we may end up dividing into two different episodes we'll we'll see but we have a bride for Uh-oh. christmas okay and, which is on dvd and the christmas heart <laughs> yeah and i have the bride for christmas let me get this dvd here and then the Christmas heart. Okay. Let me see here. Bride for Christmas. After Jesse Patterson calls off her third engagement, she, she swears off serious relationships until oh she finds God. the one. That okay. is, until charming but chronically single Aiden McTiernan comes along. Unbeknownst to Jesse, Aiden has bet his friends that he can convince a woman to marry him by Christmas. When Aiden finds himself falling for Jesse too, will he call off the bet and truly pursue her? Wow. Sounds awful. A question, <laughs> a question of pursuit. That sounds bad. Holy crap. Yeah. All right, can't wait. And uh, what are what's the other movie? Uh, we are the Christmas Heart. The Christmas Heart. That feel. Um, that sounds like it could be something important here. Yeah, Let's, or a horror movie. Or or horrifying. Oh, <laughs> this is the heart transplant. This is gonna make us cry. Okay. When a teenage boy desperately needs a heart transplant on Christmas Eve, his family and neighbors' forty-year tradition of lining their quaint street with Christmas luminaries is put on hold. When his parents, Anne and Mike, pray for a donor on a stormy night, the neighbors suddenly realize their luminaries could have a deeper purpose. 
I already have a connection. Holy crap, right? <laughs> I, already, I already have a connection. Anyway, wow. uh, if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at mistletoesecret at gmail.com or you can visit our website, www.mistletoesecret.com or you can send us a Twitter DM at hcusecret on twitter.com. Also, thanks to Colin Robertson for uh, his his music selects. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful tune. Beautiful. Beautiful. My name Robo. is Trey Planicki. My name is Daniel Robo Kunkel. And I am here to remind you to stay jingling and stay jolly. Oh, man, that ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you for listening.